Hi, I'm Leilani, and this is the Shock 23 podcast by creatives for creatives. Hi, I'm Shock23, and this is the Shock23 podcast. This is the podcast by creatives for creatives, where I chat with other creatives in this industry and we share our knowledge and our experience of what it's like being a pioneer, basically, in this industry. My guest for today has had many roles, and uh, she has been the runner up at the Miss PNG Quest, been the longest contestant in the Miss PNG Quest. She runs a thrift shop. She's currently a co-founder at a modeling agency, and she's still pursuing a law degree. My guest for today is none other than Leilani Konjip. How you been, Leilani? I'm fine, thank you. I know, you can feel the nerves. Hey, relax, relax. Calm. How, how have you been? And Yeah, thank you for making the time to be on the show. I've been fine. Um, it's been a really hectic couple of months, I would say. So I'm excited to be on this podcast yeah. fast as well. I hope you're excited, you know. Very. I try to create an environment where everybody's having fun. But if not, then, you know, I'm not doing my job right. Anyway, before we get back, uh, before going to deeper discussion, here's a word from my sponsor. The Shock 23 podcast is proudly sponsored by Smart Hills Corporate Solutions. Smart Hills Corporate Solutions provide IT solutions for corporate businesses and creatives like myself. They provide a wide range of products and services and are certified resellers of software such as Microsoft Office, Adobe Creative Cloud, Wondershare, and more. To find out more, please visit their website on www.smartheels.com.pg. Now back to the show. And we're back. So Leilani, tell me more about yourself. Hmm, where do I start? Start with your full name and where you're from. <laughs> For right. those people who don't know who you are, who, are, who is Leilani Konjip? Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Leilani Konjip. I come from a mixed parentage of Morabe Central and East Sibik Province, and I am 27 years of age. Wow. Yeah. And now, like, I brought you on board because I really wanted to talk. You've had... Like the fashion and the modeling industry has been like has been a big thing recently. Like it's been booming, and you as someone who's been a model in an industry, walk the runway, and then now managing models, and then also being like a woman in the industry and in entrepreneurship as well, and then studying law, which is a very very hectic course to take. And then running not just one side business, but two side businesses. How on earth are you managing and balancing all of that? I think to simply answer that, it would be taking on day-to-day tasks and adapting to the situations that are in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to overthink a lot and that would de- be depressing. And so I decided to change that by addressing what I needed to uh, on a day-to-day basis. So it would require me to make decisions on the spot, um, depending on whether it was important or crucial or if it was not, would ultimately affect the type of decision I would make on that day. Mm. So basically you have um, kind of, you kind of, What's the word? Like you plan ahead. You see things in the long term and then make decisions or make it basically analyze the decisions that you're making in the short term to see if that affects. Am I on the right track? Yes, you are. Yeah. So yeah. it's basically delayed gratification, like sacrificing what you want now and what you need now for the ultimate goal that you want to achieve in the future. That means a lot of that means requires saying no to yourself. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. I, I would um, like to add on to that. Go um, for it. So basically, my personality is I don't really socialize a lot mm. because I am introvert, introverted. Not a lot of people would like see that. You're very friendly and open as well. Um, yeah. So basically, understanding yourself gives you the upper hand. So I know how to maneuver or navigate through a crowd. Mm-hmm. So I know how to socialize. I know how to keep my composure. Um, so it requires a different level of me to, depending on the environment I'm in mm-hmm. or the event, um, I know who to talk to, when to talk to, and if I have a team around me or friends around me, then I let them do the talking. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So it's really useful when you do get to learn more about yourself and how to conduct yourself. That's very important, I believe. Yeah. 
It's very good. I think self-awareness is a very key thing that a lot of us don't pay attention enough, like recognizing our own strengths. I think we know our own weaknesses. Like we're very, very zoned into when we have weak points, but not a lot of us can see our strengths. Mm. And when we do, people will call us out for like being egotistical or being proud of being a show off, but it's just finding the balance. You've been a model in the modeling industry and then now you're running or you've helped started um an agency. Can you tell me more about that agency? Yeah. Uh, so I've been doing modeling for over seven to eight years. I started out in the ice fashion competition at Lamana. And yeah, so it was yeah. a dramatic change for me because growing up, I was very flamboyant and mm-hmm. I was always thought to put up this persona of like a projecting masculine trait just to protect myself. Um, I grew up with two older sisters and a younger brother, but in the environment or the setting that we were in, um, it was perceived that if you showed too much of your femininity, um, then you would be perceived as weak. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I think it was uh, during this time, it was also, um, there was a trend in um, radical feminism. Mm-hmm. So all of these ideals and going to a community school really um, influenced the way that we behaved, um, especially in that manner. And so I decided to break out of it by modeling, which is doing something completely opposite. And in a way, it it made me embrace the feminine side of myself. Um, And therefore, all of those experiences have been a culmination up to what is now DFM Model Agency. For those who don't know what DFM stands for, can you please explain? Thank you. So DFM basically stands for Divine Feminine Melanin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wanted to pick a name that embraced all, all shades of Melanesians as well as to embrace the feminine side, especially for women, because I believe that when... Women and when women are more um, into their feminine energy, then men who are surrounded by them can therefore be in their masculine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there would be a balance. Okay, so what you're talking about is polarity, like men in the full masculine and women in the full femininity, and that um, for for I, I'm trying to the only way that I could simplify it is a symbiotic relationship, definitely, where one provides for the other, and there's the yin and yang, the yeah. balance. Yeah, yeah. It sounds that's a bit too deep and political for this podcast. <laughs> Sorry. But I see, no, that's fine. That's fine. I just don't want all you know this podcast to go start debates anywhere. But it's great to know that because I I know what DFM stand for. Yeah. Like what, for those, I mean, I'm really good friends with Lani, and we've been friends for a couple of years now. And when you launched the company, I I understood what DFM stand for. Yeah. But it's interesting to know that that's where like how important femininity is to you. Yeah. And that is a big part of your persona and who you are. Yeah. You're yeah. lucky to have started, I think like when Ice Fashion Show, like the modeling industry and the fashion, it was very young. It's mm. not the mammoth, the beast that it is right now. Mm. And I'm pretty sure there were a lot of people who were very uh, skeptical of models in the day. Can you talk about that experience? <laughs> yeah. Um, or basically like how different it is, if you can compare that experience to the early days to what it's like being a model now. I would say that modeling has been stigmatized. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of negative stereotypes attached to modeling. Um, people associate models with, with the lack of intelligence, I would say. Okay. Um, although during my experience, I've shared platforms with people from all different backgrounds. And I would say people who were highly educated or were entrepreneurs or people with all sorts of aspirations coming together because they wanted to do something different and be part of a platform that was representing or is representing um, PNG in terms of its diversity. Mm. Yeah. So that was very interesting um, to learn about their backgrounds and their stories. So. Yeah, especially in the days of social media where everything is just going viral and everybody seems to have an opinion of what. And models are at, always at the forefront of everything. And um, yeah, I, I can't <laughs> say much. What I, can, what I can ask is that is, that, is that stigma still here, still available? I mean, like, do models today still experience that kind of stigma? 
I would say yes. Mm. Yes, very much. Um, it's still a struggle, especially in this industry that's poorly regulated. We don't have okay. a governing body or an association that conducts or regulates um, our behavior as models. Mm. And so because of that, um, and because of that, I saw the need to try to build a structure or build a community based on values, um, seeing how that would give give people a guideline or help them navigate through their aspirations as a model. So is that why you started the modeling agency? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. do you guys do at the modeling agency? So in DFM, people perceive modeling as just uh, confined to the runway. Yep. But there is actually a lot of categories in modeling. Um, there is commercials, which is uh, TV ads. Um, also, there is editorial. Um, That's magazines? Magazines, mm-hmm. yes. And um, we've dived into a new category of modeling. I wouldn't say modeling, but um, it coincides or cross-cuts with human resource, which is providing support staff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that has been really interesting. Like um, one of the gigs that we did was ushering and providing um, support uh, during a funeral service. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, I really liked that engagement because it helped us connect on the human component, especially mm. um, being able to provide a service that um, helped the families that were grieving to focus on um, unpacking their emotions and allowing us to um, move people around and get them to where they need to be. So I, I love that we That's did that. That's very interesting. Yeah. I've never seen it from that point of view. So there would be support stuff for like events as well, like yes. weddings and conferences or anything. Yes. So what's it like managing models now from being one to managing them? So I always like to disclaim or uh, describe to them that when you do join this agency, it's about you and it's about building your brand mm-hmm. or learning as you go because you can never fail. You only stop failing when you stop learning. Mm-hmm. You either continue to build on your success or from the mistakes that you make, you improve from that. So we try to teach as much as possible progressive growth. That's very important. Yeah. So that's something that I try to um, teach the younger models, because most of them are... The youngest we have on board is actually 17 years old. Wow, yeah. okay. I wasn't going to take her, but it was because she came with her mom, and her mom also supported her in Duva. And I was like, okay, so long as like there is uh, parental uh, supervision um, and consent, then we can take you on board. Um, usually we take people who are 18 years old. Okay, so, so that's your cutoff mark. Yeah. 18 to 35, because we're looking into the youth spaces, although... Um, due to the past experiences we had of people reaching out and asking us for um, people who are above that age, um, we're looking into expanding. Wow. Yeah. True. So it, it, it sounds like you're really growing and there's a really big demand for... Are there other modeling agencies who are also doing this that you are aware of? I've gone through a couple of modeling agencies, although I'm not too sure if they are. Yeah. Mm. So I'd say that um, based on like my experience with them, um, I'm also grateful to have gone through their platforms or their spaces. Um, and based on my experience working for a government um, organization that deals with a lot of people mm-hmm. um, on a daily basis, um, it, it contributed to what is now DFM. So managing people is, wow. yeah... It's, it's interesting. It's a skill of its own. And you being a people person, and just from us having our conversation, you seem to have gained so much wisdom, even though you're so young. Where does like, most of that come from? Yeah, um, I would say learning from other people through mm. their experiences, their lenses, um, and being able to hold conversations. Like I would say I learned so much from you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we talked about so many things or have seen from different angles. Um, it, it's about being open-minded that you learn so much because from someone's experience, you can take so much on board and then navigate through your own life and see if this fits for you or if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So you only take what you need and then you leave the rest behind. 
yeah so i would say that that has really helped me is it would you contribute that to the environment or is that like you just taking the initiative to learn from whoever and whatever is around you yeah um i would say i would say it would be a culmination of my experience as well as the people i have um, met along the yeah. way you sound like you have really good mentors or people in your space who give you the the wisdom or like you're learning from i i think the secret to that is just basically listening like yeah. people if you would if you would tell a lot of people like to talk about themselves mm-hmm. um and <laughs> sorry no that's fine because like yeah. i get it because like we're introverts and I, I always identify as an introvert and one of the things that i i notice about introverts is we're very observant yeah given we put us in a room we're usually going to be the quietest people until you get to know us and then you'll be you know you have a few chats with us and then you we start talking about something we're passionate open and we get comfortable we're usually the noisiest people in the room that like i don't know from you but for me like i feel like all my friends regret being friends with me because i can just be very very annoying when i'm comfortable <laughs> with people but you you're correct in in saying that like listening is a huge key and everybody just likes to talk i think that empathy as well is a really big thing that a lot of people lack especially in this day and age that um especially social media that we're so quick we're so quick to throw our little tutoya comments out there without first stopping and trying to ask ourselves like what is this person going through or mm. how would i feel if i were in their shoe you know yeah. do you relate with that as well definitely um i would say uh the way that i was raised mm-hmm. so just this year has been a journey uh for me emotionally um unpacked a lot and also i i feel i grew from the place that i was at to my present um to my current moment being here i i feel like i'm a totally different person um and in regards to being empathetic um that was something that i developed as a child because of the the environment the current environment i was in was where my parents both of my parents had to work mm-hmm. they had to work to make ends meet uh, to look after my siblings and i and because of that i don't think it was intentional but i was neglected mm-hmm. so they would lock me at home i didn't go to school they would turn on the tv and tell me the fridge is there the food is there don't go out don't open the door to anyone um and so at the age of 4 years old i was at home um But there was one time that I left the house to go to the neighbors for them to take me to my dad. Wow. <laughs> so that was very adventurous. So you had to grow up at a very young age like you had to be more responsible. How old were you again? Four years Four, old. Yeah, at the time like kids are just watching cartoons and Parents just you know do that. running around but <laughs> But yeah. then I think I think that explains why you're so wise and so mature f- even for your age. Well maybe f- you have the right maturity for your age. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. But that's I think that that's helped you a lot to juggle just uh, you I feel like you handling and dealing with like juggling a lot. And the thing about not having a full-time job and like working in your own business is that if you're sick or if you're having a day where you can't like you can't you just don't have this like you're having a bad mental day or you're just having an emotional thing or you're going through something and you just want to stay home like if you have a job you can just call in sick but when you're running a business you have to put just nobody there to come and to tell you hey you got to you know get yourself together and get this right like how how do you find the strength to manage all of that yeah i i think it goes back to um finding out what your purpose is just looking at what your goals are if they align with your vision and making those choices so when you do say that um you, when when you are your own boss you won't wait for someone to tell you to yeah. do something you have to get up and do it yourself um and there are some days where like i'm mentally challenged because of um a lot of issues that are being thrown at me one one after the other whether it be family or it be personal or um business but then but then i'm always inspired to get up and do something for myself mm. um because at the end of the day um you are your own person and your personal growth depends on you so those challenges have really pushed me um and have also provoked my thinking um in terms of how can i be a role model to those who are coming after me or especially for the people that i love such as my nieces and my nephew how can i be better for them or how can i set an example that they can follow so 
those are the things that motivate me to take on um, a day-to-day um, basis in terms of running your own business. Um, I did work um, a full-time job with the government, um, although seeing how I worked that long, especially I would say six months in a job that was, I would be the first person to get in. So 7 a.m. I'd clock in and then 10 p.m. I'd clock out and sometimes I would work on a Sunday. Mm. Yeah, so that was very, I loved the job actually. Mm -hmm. I loved um, the issues that came in every day because it stimulated my mind. So you're just a problem solver all around. Oh my gosh, yeah. (laughs) I I hope so. You just look for problems to solve, like I'm there. Is that why you're studying law as well, just just to solve everybody's problems? No. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So um, because of um, the lack of time I had with my family, mm. um, all of that changed when my mom passed away. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that I was working too much and I didn't have um, time, quality time to spend with my family. And also being brought up in um, a background where both my parents were busy and they didn't have time for me kind of changed my perspective. And wow. yeah, I, I came out thinking that, you know, if I become an entrepreneur, if I become really good at the business that I'm doing, then maybe, maybe I will have time for my family. Uh, maybe I will have time for like my relationships um, to focus on nurturing the relationships that I have. And then hopefully if a family in the future if God blesses me. That's basically your why. Like that's what's really driving you to just juggle all of these things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's so inspirational to hear that. Like some people go into business just to make some extra cash or just so, you know, they want to live a, a glamorous lifestyle or, you know, just, just to, you know, just to do something that, just to be like financially free and all of that. And it's good to meet someone who... Obviously, we all want to be financially free as entrepreneurs, but also to have a deeper purpose that you're doing it not just for yourself, but those whom you are taking care of. And I, I really didn't want to bring up your mom, but I'm thankful that you did because okay. it's, yeah. it's, it's good to know that I think you're just someone who doesn't make excuses, honestly, just for me, just observing you. And especially like we live in days where people just make so many excuses of why not to start. You know, they're not, it's not the right time. I'm not at the right age. I'm still working. I have kids or I'm, you know, I'm still in school. And then for you to be someone who's just like, no, let me just try. Let me just do it and see where it goes. And then you're doing so many things. Well, some of us are still focusing on that one thing we're trying to get right. And Mm -hmm. it's very inspirational to know that you're doing something like that and you're making waves in this space yeah so i applaud you on that well thank you it's 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 great and i can see why and i can see how you're handling so much and um on that note like you're studying law as well which is a mammoth as well how why are you studying law law goes back to trying to i would say go back to my community back at home and um, helping my people especially from my dad's side. So my dad is from a mixed parentage of East Sipik and Morabe, Morabe specifically Buang, although we were raised in um, Pololo, Guraco. So Mary Morabe. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I I look at law as something that... um, something that I would like to pursue uh, pursue in order to also maintain my family legacy, mm-hmm. especially because my father is a lawyer and mm-hmm. he owns his own law firm. So I'd like to also be an example to the women in my community um, to tell them that, you know, um, you can go as further as grade 12 or you can go to university um, and you can do a lot of things. In your life, it's not just confined to settling down, getting married, and just continuing. Mm. Um, the traditional roles. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of my family members are subsistence farmers, mm-hmm. and a lot of my cousins or even nieces, um, they're already married or they have two or three kids. Um, whereas I am not married or I don't have kids either. Yeah, so it's something that I want to educate, especially the women there, to try to push them to uh, reach out for more. Mm. Um, given my experience of also traveling 
abroad and seeing the outside world. Like, it's really amazing. There's so much in life that you can do. Yeah. And so coming back to pursuing a degree in law will also mean that I have to weigh out the pros and cons of the businesses that I have, Mm -hmm. um, look at the opportunity cost. Mm. um, And that's why for the new business that I started, which was DFM Modeling Agency, I knew that I wouldn't be able to do it alone. And Mm. so I came together with a group of like-minded individuals who also had the same vision, um, especially to assist with um, helping this industry grow. And so they are now on board and they give 110%. Like I would say, we all know what we're good at. And Mm. so, um, for example, myself, I do most of the planning and paperwork. So um, administration is like something that comes natural for me. Um, And then my other friend who came on board, his name is Shane uh, Diap. So he does the model coordination and organizes logistics because he's really good with people and connecting and talking a lot Mm -hmm. for me like i'll talk but then like i'll shut Mm -hmm. off just to reserve my energy until i come back to a full tank so that i can talk to other people Um, and because of that like we complement each other so well so if i need to do something but i know that it's not within like um my capacity i tell him hey are you free can you do this Yeah, so we've been able to um, help each other because of the relationship that we have and knowing our strengths. And Mm. I would say that has contributed so much to our progressive growth. I can't say success because we haven't met some of our milestones, Mm -hmm. um, but we're we're really in a good spot right now, I would say, within the past three months. Yeah, you've you've grown. Like I've just seen you. You're basically everywhere (laughs) on Facebook and on Instagram, and it's it's. I kind of like that you have you don't define that as success, but a milestone because everybody has different definitions, and it's important that we define our own success because other people outside can see you and be like, oh, she's succeeding. You know, she's all over. She's getting gigs, booking modelings and stuff like that. But you're like, no, I'm not that successful. But I'm 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 still yet to achieve. Miles, so I haven't achieved my definition of success yet. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> Thank it's you. Interesting that you you're very strategic. Is that the benefit of studying law as well? Is that you're just a very strategic person? Uh, I would say I love books. I love mm-hmm. being detail oriented. Um, sometimes it it can be messy, especially with the overthinking and yeah. overanalyzing. But then I would say having goals or. Um, a checklist of like the pointers, like it really helps. Um, and then having people like my dad give advice about the law because he is well versed. Um, and law is a really wide topic. Is there a particular branch you're studying? Or are you um, trying to master? I would, I think my interest would be in commercial and international law, although mm. I would like to litigate. Mm. I, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Commercial law sounds relevant to what you're doing now because you're just in the the commercial space and it'd be good to have someone like you on our team as well yes Yes. like everybody everybody needs an accountant and everybody needs a couple of lawyers if you're really trying to start a business it's 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 always like like for creatives i think creatives the easy part is being creative the challenging part is just figuring out the business model and then all of that do you experience that as well or you you're just blessed to be in the company of greatness (laughs) for lack of a better word (laughs) um i would say it's a bit of both Um, being creative is I would say the limit of being creative is where your mind, mind's eyes stop seeing. So for people who are creative, they are naturally blessed. Um, and then trying to find the balance of how you um, translate that into something that you can um, turn into a business mm-hmm. or basically solve a problem, yeah. I would say. Um, that's another, another thing of its own. So... Um, I would say, like, back to my experience and just having conversations with so many people, whether they're um, young or old, um, people often like to provide advice. Like, that's that's something that, yeah, you would um, figure along the way if you focus on listening, I'd say. so. That was good. That was really good. Um, 
I really want to talk about you. You just at the beginning of the interview, you talked about like branding and personal branding. I heard you on the Tribe FM uh, interview. That was something that you really discussed. And uh, as someone who's into branding, um, how important, like as models, models are also kind of brand ambassadors in a way. Like if a company hires you, you are hired not just to um just to like be in the shot or be in the video, but you, you kind of represent the company as well. What is that like? Yeah. Um, I think back to my experience on mm. being a contestant in the Miss PNG Pacific Islands pageant, it's something that I had to learn, um, especially when I was a one-man team. Ooh, yeah. okay. So that was interesting. Um, so from the making the appointments to the interviews to organizing events so you had no help from your sponsor like the person who i I would say they um they they assisted with admin and logistics but you had to do the bulk of the work yeah wow okay yeah um i had people come on board but then covid happened and a lot had changed and they also had their own like commitments so i totally understood and then like i i knew that i had to do something or nothing would happen Mm -hmm. yeah and so in terms of branding, I really learned, I had to learn a lot about the values of the, the like my sponsors, mm-hmm. the company I was representing. Um, and the best way to go about that was also working with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I worked as a front desk officer at the Century Hotel. Um, I also wor- worked as um, Mr. James Pang's personal assistant at one time. Um, and during those moments i really learned a lot about their experience uh experience in terms of their values um and seeing how they interacted with their staff and um that that really changed my perspective on a lot of things i would say um especially what you perceive things mm-hmm. um and then actually being there and experiencing it so um my sponsors were very f- uh, family oriented and the um they took a very uh, environmental approach on a lot of things, especially at the hotel. They tried to reduce waste and um, also recycle or upcycle any of the items that they have. So it, it really rubbed on to me as well. Um, and being in this current moment, like I, I just love planting a lot. So that's something that um, has also influenced me. And then coming to learn from like, gardening a lot of um, wisdom from it especially the different seasons Um, although going back into branding I had to learn so much about the people I was representing Mm -hmm. and because I was now a brand ambassador of my sponsors I really need needed to know their history Mm. Um, thank law for giving me, you know, the patience to read. Yeah. Um, well, you're a lawyer. That's part of your job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you have to yeah. go through so much. So learning about their history, also learning about their values, mm. um, learning about their interactions with others. Um, it wasn't just about like what you read on the paper, but also how you interacted and engaged with other people. So branding for me was how do I connect my values with their values? Where do I find the common common ground? And how do I project that onto other people, uh, especially in a commercial setting? Mm. So, yeah, yeah, that really affected, like, yeah. My that's outlook. interesting because that's basically you're just basically describing the the purpose of branding. Oh. Though for branding, like the difference between branding and marketing is building relationships with the customer base. For for marketing, you attract, you put out promotions, everything. It's just to attract new customers and to build a customer base. But branding is building that relationship. So the highest form of branding is like brand loyalty. Like you have Apple fans. Like Apple fans, they just it doesn't matter what Apple puts out. If they're a dedicated Apple fan, they will buy it because they have a strong connection with Apple. And mm. that's branding. It's just representing that those values. Is that something that you teach to the new models in the industry? Because I heard you've done mentorship workshops as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of the, the workshops that we carry out, we, we as much as possible, we try to encourage peer-to-peer mentorship. Okay. So bringing on people who have a vast experience and getting them to share their experience onto the junior models Mm. so a lot of them are actually first timers okay yeah they're very enthusiastic um and also we we have to be particular in the way that we conduct ourselves towards them because they haven't really experienced the real real 
but yeah, that, but that, that's the great thing about it is like they're just blank can- canvases. Like they don't come with their own biases or their own like, yeah. or you know, they're just willing to learn. And yeah, it's it's exciting what you, what you can impart into them and what they can take and then run with it. Yeah. Sorry, continue. <laughs> so uh, with that, we try to as much, much as possible encourage them to make decisions of their own, mm-hmm. but we also give them the best advice from what we know. So we tell them. Um, only we can give you our experiences or advice and it's it's up to you to choose and pick what works best for you. So in terms of branding, we try to tell them, okay, you know, I've been in this pageant for a long time, especially for like close to three years and I, it it really set set my mind to being committed to holding that position, especially because I had to start from scratch as in all my social media was gone. Yeah, I had to become a new person in order to just give space. to represent yes. yeah, the business yeah. that you were that was sponsoring you. So, like you said, becoming a blank canvas like that was something that I had to become. Like no one, nobody understands the struggle. Like I would say, um, being part of that platform, which I am grateful for, mm-hmm. um, also came with it with its challenges, um, which I feel was necessary for me to like change and become a different person. Yeah. So for that season, I was that person for that season. Just the opportunity to reinvent yourself, to become someone better. Yeah. Um, So it it regulated a lot of my behavior in terms of Mm -hmm. like um, the things that I would do or how I would dress or how I would conduct myself in public Mm -hmm. because I was now stepping into a space where I had to be a brand ambassador. Yeah. So in terms of modeling, how that connects is that we tell them – DFM is just a space for you to grow and find yourself. Um, there will be a lot of um, opportunities, a lot of gigs from the different categories of modeling, but then it's up to you to choose which one is best suited for you. Um, although at the end of the day, if you become someone who is versatile, you will be high in demand. Mm. So we try to emphasize on that. And then we also try to, um, we, we try to instill in them the core values that we have which is representation, creativity, uh, inclusivity, respect, and discipline. Mm. Discipline is like so important. Yeah. Um, as you said, delaying gratification. This whole conversation has just been about how disciplined you are, and I'm, I really enjoy it. I hope so. No, it, it, it is, because like, it's, like you just sharing your journey, everything that you, where you are now, it makes sense. To me, it clicks. You know what I'm saying? Like, it makes sense that you are where you are. You are achieving what you are achieving and you're on the path to where you're going because of where you've been and what you've learned from where you've been. Like, all of that has been compounding and, and it makes sense. It's not like you came out of the blue and then you're just doing this. This Everything that you've been going through has been preparing you and aligning you to be where you are today. And that versatility and those things of being like someone who... Is the, are those um, values that um, potential businesses or corporate houses who want to hire a model, is that what they're looking for? Is that what they value? Yeah. So I think from my experience, I, I would say yes, mm. definitely. Um, if you're able to do like um, multiple things, then you become highly favorable. Mm. Um, in terms of um, a model, um, we, we had sent out a survey, and in that survey also included um, some of their hobbies. So mm. uh, hobbies such as cooking, writing, or singing, or even um, talking. Um, and people didn't know why they were filling that out. But okay. then, yeah, But then I explained that, you know, as a model, it's not confined to the runway. So there mm. could be a commercial ad where, like, they need someone to cook. Mm. Uh, for example, Trukai. Um, and then if... If cooking is something that you enjoy, then when you're giving that opportunity to be in that scene, then it will come natural to you. Therefore, being given an opportunity to be in a commercial where like the engagement is natural, you therefore connect with other people. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the whole idea of running a survey and finding out what other interests they had. Mm. And being able to connect. You sound like you're building more of a talent agency than an actual modeling agency. Yeah. In terms like, I think 
when you're doing modeling, <laughs> yeah. everybody is so focused on runway. Yeah. But for you to prepare people to be in commercials and things like yeah. that, it yeah. sounds more like a talent agency as well. So I, I think if I you th- change your name to talent agency, I expect. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're, we're probably getting to that place. Yeah, we're pro- we probably are because we've had people reach out to mm. us, and then we also had the privilege of working under. Um, and alongside uh, PNG Design and Fashion Week, yeah. So we're looking into the future to potentially have a partnership with them. Mm. So that's where we get to um, step into the modeling phase, as uh, as we can help assist with uh, casting callouts, auditions, mm. and um, vetting, and just getting organized. Um, all the requirements and setting that standard. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of good that because you're kind of doing all the grunt work for them so they can focus on like the show or focus on the event and yeah. then you can worry about looking after their models or their, their runway ready or whatever it is yeah. that they're going to achieve. It's yeah. um, one of the things that I've learned in my experience as a creative is that when businesses hire you as a creative, you have to put their needs and their interests first. They don't hire you, like when they hire you for your art style or for your music, it's most of the time, some people don't like it when I say this, but they have... It's, they do it for themselves. They do it to push a product, to push a service, to push their brand. And, you know, they, for lack of a better word, they kind of use you to furthermore. And we don't get used, but we have a transaction. I'm trying to pick my words very carefully. So it's often uncomfortable for people to put aside like their own taste and stuff like that, to put the needs of the business first get what i'm saying like when like i'm i separate work i do for myself and work i do for my clients I see. so when i at, when i started i had issues with revisions like when the client did not like what i was presenting i had issues with that at first but then i stopped and i realized no 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 they're paying me to do work for them so they own the work they have every right to criticize or to make changes so that separation, sometimes I find like a lot of creatives have a hard time at the beginning doing that. Like mm. they complain, it's like, ah, oh, why don't you like my style? But it's not about us yeah. when we're in the commercial space. Yeah. And I think it's important that we have outlets for us for self-expression, but yeah. we also have to put up the needs of the, the business in first. Yeah. Because we are a business at the end of the day. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you and I'd like to expand on that. Sure. Um, I learned that the hard way when I was modeling on the runway because we thought that, like most of us models, thought that it was about us, especially on the runway, um, going and standing and posing. And But in fact, um, the specific role of a runway is to display the clothing of exactly. the designers. Yeah, yeah there was, um, I remember back a couple of years ago, I think Anne Sate, hmm. um, Lava Girl, she did the whole mannequin thing where she completely covered the models head to toe and just the dress and there was a lot of criticism about that but I stepped back and I was like oh I get it because that's actually the point the point is the clothes that the models is wearing and not the model itself yeah Yeah. I think um, the part that we play as models is being able to wear their creation and putting life into it Mm. where people can see that oh these are people who look like us therefore the connection is there I can then that, imagine myself wearing those clothes. And that's the value of a model or someone yeah. in commercial. It's just not to, you know, be the talent or to be the face or be the pretty um, mm. person in the picture, but it's to to sell the experience, I think, and yeah. to sell, like, this is actually, it's n- like not like a mannequin in a store that just stands, but it's someone who you have a very full visual experience of what the designer is trying to portray. Yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the things that we miss as an audience as we just see all these people and we kind of criticize them for like, oh, they're just people who want attention, but we fail to realize, no, they play a really huge part in the industry, in the um, in part in the life and uh, the role of a designer. Mm. It's just, they're just not people who are walking up and down in pretty clothing. They're actually there yeah. to help the designer too. Yeah. I'd also like to add on um, with with what we're doing. We really want to understand what our clients' needs are. Mm. Therefore, like it is my job, um, especially because I deal with admin, mm-hmm. to find out or profile the companies that are engaging us. So as much as possible, I try to find out information about what their expectations are. Um, I make sure it's standard where it, it is achievable. 
Um, and so once I do get that information, then I communicate it to my models and I tell them, look, my clients are like this, like this, like this. We have to act a certain way. We have to behave a certain way. Or, um, for example, I tell them, when you're out there doing your job, put your phone away. Don't hold it. Because mm. when you do that, you are being disrespectful. And it not only um, shows off your skills as a model, but it also reflects to us um, DFM mm. as a modeling agency. And as much as possible, we want to be respectful. We want to be disciplined. Um, we want to showcase our values and tell them that, okay, we mean, we mean business, mm. we respect you, and we want to give you the best service. Um, and so I would say profiling has been, in a positive sense, um, just understanding the values of a company and what they do has really played um, uh, or played uh, or has been influential, especially with uh, the things that I have done leading up to now. Yeah. That's yeah. basically what, that's what every creative should be doing is that you should, be, you should be getting to know your clients. You should be asking not just what they want you to do for them, but why they want it. Uh, one of the things that really helped me to like, switch to, be better, to better serve my clients is asking them why they need things. Why do you want this artwork? Or why do you want this video? Why do you, who, who do you want it for? Who's your target audience? What's the tone that you want? What do you want them to feel? And that's helped to... If you do that, you'll get less revisions. Like, trust me, like you, the, the less that the client will come back to tell you to do things because you're understanding them. And that's really the value where you start creating value as a creative or as a model or as a business person is that when you really understand your audience, understand your customers, and you want to provide them that yeah. full service. Yeah. So it's been an interesting journey, um, especially using modeling as a platform for me to network. Mm. Um, as a model myself before actually being able to open an agency and then using the knowledge that I have to impart on those who come after. Yeah. Cause I believe that like, um, like with the metaphor of planting, um, there's a, a season to plant, there is a season to nurture and there is a season to harvest. Um, it plays well with my journey, especially as a model now that I want to transition into teaching others. Mm. the knowledge and skills that I've acquired over the years and therefore it gives it gives them room or it's a natural transition because now there are upcoming or aspiring models who are taking on the scene and making waves and like we want to give them the best because mm. we're we already reached a certain standard where okay like for me personally I've reached um a milestone um during that pageant um uh, also uh in combination of all the modeling I've did, did so I also did editorial and I also um tried out a new experience of voiceover this okay. year yeah Ooh. so I'm also doing um gigs where I haven't um actually uh, expanded on mm. um but then those experience are a culmination of like what I can learn from and impart those knowledge onto the younger generation mm -hmm. so like I feel it's only fitting when you um, make way and when you when you go on to the next level and then you allow someone to come and fill up that space. Yeah, yeah, that so. makes sense because like you, you can't do one thing for a very long time. You're going to get stagnant and sometimes you have to move. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm doing a podcast is to, I think I've done quite a while, quite a while, quite a lot. And then... I feel like I just want to share and I feel like other, there are p other people who want to share their experience and try to impart knowledge into whoever's coming up on board. So it sounds like a really good natural progression. Yeah. Challenging, but <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Like, like God only knows how much, how many times we've, we've endured like the self doubt and, you know, the, those, those days where we were just so low, we didn't know that mm. we would actually make it to the next day or how many times have you felt like quitting? Oh, every day on yeah. a daily basis. Yeah, same, same. I have days where I'm like, I'm so excited, I'm yeah. winning. And then majority of the days, I'm like, you know what? I would like some stability right now. And I would like to, you know, just quit and try something new. But I think for me, I think you would relate to that as well, is that it's been less about the business and more about my growth and my personal journey. Like, that's been the key thing. Yeah. Like, um, 
like when I did the first episode where I was just talking about like how I became Shock 23, it mm. helped me to go to a time of reflection. And I realized, wait, I've had, I've done a lot of things. And looking back, like the exciting part was that who I became and who I am now. And then the potential of who I will be, the, the more that I keep learning and keep navigating through this journey it's been i think it's it's been more that's been the more fulfilling part and the business and everything that comes with the business has been just the bonus yeah um when you when you speak so much on that it reminds me of like um being a person who is finding their purpose and finding their identity Mm. and as humans we are constantly evolving especially with our skills and our thought process and i would say a lot that has happened in life has been difficult. Like I've gone through a lot of challenges, um, especially as a model being cyberbullied and then stepping into um, a different scene where I've ran charities or community service and then being um, disregarded by people um, who have spoken negatively about me. But I would say just having the passion and the belief that I would get it done despite not having like any money at all. Like I didn't let any, like I didn't, I didn't um, accept any excuses or I knew that if I was going to get it done, I would quit attitude, you know, like it's either (laughs) this or nothing at all. Yeah, definitely. Um, And it also put into perspective that, you know, life is so precious. Mm. Um, Life is, is the moment that you live on a day to day basis and also um, what you want to accomplish in the future, how you envision yourself um, in the future and, you know, for me, I don't always have the the best days. Some some days are really bad. And I would say that's where, like, your circle of friends are very important. And they have really, really helped me get through a lot in life. And I would say, like, part of my success, it, it wouldn't be, like, um, I wouldn't be where I am right now without, like, my circle of friends or, like, the support system that I have. Like, it's really important. Just having one good friend can make a whole difference. Like, you don't need a lot of people. Um, If you have a lot, then that's fine. Like, awesome. Um, But if you have one good friend that supports you, that believes you, that affirms, like, what you're doing, that also keeps check of you and says that, hey, you told me you were going to do that, but you're not doing that. Like, you're going out of line. Is this something that you're, like, trying to do now or how? Mm. Um, Just because of that, like, I would say, like, my circle of friends have really influenced or have um, helped me or helped um, this journey of me reaching certain of my milestones. So um, as much as possible, I try to um, reciprocate by showing support, not because it's a task or it's something that I have to do, but it's out of love and respect and how I can honor them the best way. So yeah. I'd say that. Yeah, I relate with that. But I, I, if I can just add on, yeah, sure. how you talk to yourself and think about yourself is equally important because there are, well, most of the days we're alone, right? We, we won't always have our support staff with yeah. us. And it's in those moments that you really get to know yourself and yeah. how I've had those days where I've felt very low, but I've had to talk to myself. Yeah. I'm very happy to have worked on that. Like it wasn't something I was born with. Like I really had to identify the negative voices in my head yeah. and the negative criticisms that I was having about myself and then working towards turning those around. Yeah. But it's always good to have yourself because you spend a lot of time with yourself and you have to watch how you think about yourself and watch how you talk about yourself. And then you have to make those necessary adjustments because if nobody's, if you're, even you yourself are not on your corner, then, yeah. you know, you're going to make yourself, a, make things a lot harder for yourself. Yeah. Um, I'd like to add on to that, um, sure. actually. <laughs> Just add on. Yeah. <laughs> um, how you speak to yourself or how you actually interact in a settings, how you project um, it says a lot about yourself. So especially um, in terms of inse- insecurity yep. or um, your choice of words. Mm. So being a person who is observant, like I've seen how I've, I can't say that I'm perfect. Like I've made a lot yeah, of mistakes. Who is? Who yeah. is perfect? I've made a lot of mistakes where it has really pushed me away from like a group of friends that I had before and now I don't um, because of the way that I was acting and because of the space that I had, like I really had to ask myself like, why did this happen? Was it a me problem, them problem, or like, was it, is it something that's deep rooted in my insecurities? Mm. Um, 
And I really had to sit down and think and talk to myself. And if the talking was going, like if, if I had so much going on in my mind, then I would then seek um, counsel from my friends and tell them, look, this is how I feel. This is what's happening. Like, um, what what do you think I need to do? So having that support or having them mm. see from a different perspective, um, they have also helped me navigate through it. But um, I love that my support system or group of friends always lay out the options and tell me, this is what's going to happen if you choose A, B, or C. Mm. This is what's going to happen. Um, at the end of the day, you're an adult. Um, you have the power of choice to choose what is best suited for you or your needs. Um, and I like that they are brutally honest. Yeah. So Everybody yeah. needs friends like that. Yeah. Like If you have yes men in your, like yes people in your mm. crew, like they're not helping you, like who agree with everything. You need people who are going to like slap you in the face with some hard truths, make you cry, <laughs> make you want to, you know, block them on social media. But you need those hard truths. Yeah. and you have to create the the environment for yourself, you yourself to grow. Yeah. I really like what um, Zig Ziglar, I think it's Zig Ziglar, he gets up and says that you will never outperform how you perceive yourself. Yeah. So if you believe, and then there's, like we can talk about limiting beliefs and all of that, but like if you've believed, if you had an, a very traumatic experience of failure and you believe you're a failure for most of your life, you're going to perform as a failure even though you're going to um, sabotage your own self and your own success. So even if you are making progress because you have deep down you believe you were a failure, mm. you're going to look for opportunities to fail. Like That's how crazy the mind is. It's just if you don't have a good relationship with yourself, with your thoughts, with your words, they're going to manifest somewhere and then they're going to sabotage you and bring you down. Like, yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing that I've learned about this. So yeah. spending time in introspection, like, Checking yourself, trying to ask yourself, checking your behavior, how you talk, how you think, how you con- it's, it's very. I think it's very important as well mm. in terms of of being of becoming a very successful people and running a business. And yeah, um, it's like tending to your garden. Like you have to keep the weeds out in order for the the trees and the the fruit and the veggies to to bear. Yeah, I'd like to add on to that. Um, when you talk about like introspection is very important, especially the mindset that you yeah. cultivate for you. Um, sometimes a lot of people are confined to like the influence they have within their families. Yeah. So that has also um, affected like my upbringing and especially in terms of like the business that I do and um, yeah, same. Yeah. Same. So it's constantly me asking, okay, how do I, um, how do I cultivate, cultivate generational blessing mm. or how do I get out of um, generational curses and I did further research and what I found out was very interesting that like having generational blessings or curses are actually a conditioned mindsets that are passed down from generation yeah. to generation um, and that really provoked my thinking and I'm like you know my like from a personal level my dad came from a broken home mm-hmm. he reconnected with his family but then I'm always conscious about how I can um, not continue that pattern or that yeah. like trail, um, and also like with my family, um, I always I I'm, I have a close knitted relationship mm. with my siblings. We didn't really have that before until our mother passed, yeah. because she would always emphasize you all only have each other. True. Yeah. So no matter how hard you try, you family is just you just stuck with family. So <laughs> definitely might as well get along with them. <laughs> It's interesting that you're talking about like things like that because a lot of what holds us back is really not opportunity. I think it's really mindset because with the right mindset, you can make the most of any opportunity that comes your way. They have people who have gone, like there's a common saying like rags to riches. Mm. And it's basically because people had this no quit, no, I'm not going to give up until I make it kind of attitude. And they just made the most of the opportunities that they came on board i relate to that as well like um, i journal so i keep a journal and i like to write almost every day and i've been doing it since covid okay. and the interesting part of that is that i've been learning a lot about myself and about my mindset and about how i think about myself mm. and it's been interesting that there will be days where i like read what i wrote 
couple of years ago and then see where my mindset was and to where it is now. I remember, like, I used to be, man, I think we're going over time, but it's okay. This is important. <laughs> I remember there was a time when um, I'm someone who's recovered from a very low self-esteem and a very poor self-image. I just never saw myself the way that other people saw me. Mm. Like, people would compliment me and I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, mm. And it took me a while to get over that. But I remember the first time I wrote in my journal, hey, Chan, you're going to get through this. I believe in you. Mm. And it's different. It hit different. It's easy for me to tell you, hey, I believe in you. You're yeah. going to make it. Like, it's, it's easy to hear that. But when you yourself... Literally tell yourself that you're going to make it. You're going to be a success. That the hard work that you're putting in today is going to pay off sometime in the future. Yeah. And to be on your side, it really, really hits yeah. differently. Yeah, definitely. Especially if you grew up in an environment that was heavy with criticism or you've been put down or like been discouraged. If you're someone who grew up like that, that will affect your performance, whether you realize it. And that's the thing about mindsets mm. is that they become so automatic, you don't even realize that you're doing the things you do. And like we can go into depths. <laughs> I hope that you can come back another time and we can talk about like limiting beliefs and all these mindsets. But mm. it's interesting that you brought that up. And um, has that journey to overcoming all of that, has that been difficult or... Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, with the experiences, like from all levels, personal and emotional. And it really was about like me asking myself, what do I want to become? Or mm -hmm. What do I want to be? Um, like I had to separate myself from family, or yeah. relationship or business. Like who am I as a person? Mm. So because of the constant um, question as well as um, I would say I, I journaled as well. So journaling has helped me monitor like my behavior or I had a bit at the top that said, what, what is your current mood? Um, and then I would see that like my yesterday, yesterday's mood was different from like today. And it would also um, be affected upon like attributing factors such as like, did I eat enough? Did I sleep yeah. enough? Um, so That's the thing. You start to get, you start to notice patterns yeah. and then you can strategically <laughs> set yourself up for success yeah. by knowing yourself. You put yourself in a really, really good place. Too. And the thing is that the scary thing is that not a lot of people want to confront themselves. I remember the first times like I started, you know, taking a good hard look at myself. I really didn't want to find out mm. and to really like th those thoughts. You always, we always have thoughts about ourselves yeah. and what we think. And sometimes we're afraid of those thoughts that will distract ourselves with so many things. And that's why I'm very grateful that COVID happened because it locked me in a room and I was like, okay. And then these thoughts were just so like building that I just had to confront them and to deal with them. And mm. it turned out to be like one of the best things that could ever have happened to me because you kind of be mental, you know, mentally stronger and emotionally stronger as yeah. well. Yeah. I think just to add on um, lastly to that, I would say that uh, I was very dependent upon like um, doing the best to get the praise from my parents, especially with like how I was raised, it was um, because I was being neglected. Like I mm. thought that if I did really well at something, I would get their attention. Um, and I'll be honest enough to like say this. Um, and it was only until the last week before, like my mom got really sick and passed away. Like she had said, "You're a big girl now. You know what to do. You will know mm -hmm. what to do." Yeah. Because I kept on asking her questions about like so many things, and when she said that, like. Um, Thinking of now, <clears throat> sorry, okay. thinking of now, like it, it makes a lot of sense because then like the words that she said affirmed me and affirmed my existence as a woman or me becoming a woman because now I make decisions for myself and I take accountability of both um, the positives and the negatives. Mm -hmm. And I'm very grateful. Yeah. Especially because she was my biggest supporter. Yeah. So now like coming back into that headspace or like in relation to what you, you said, it's really about your belief in yourself and seeing where you want to be and seeing how you can get there. So yeah, thanks a lot for having me on board. No, it's 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 good to have these conversations. These are these conversations are important and I don't think they happen enough. Especially in Papua New Guinea where we have strong family and traditional values that often dictate us. We do things for our family. And to hear things like you got to put yourself first and you got to put yourself, uh, put your needs and your wants and what you want in life, those things sound very selfish to us. But if we cannot take care of ourselves, how can we take care of other people? Definitely. Or one thing that I've learned is that if, if 
I'm sacrificing my well-being to take care of other people, I will get bitter when they don't reciprocate. So it's better that I look after me, do the best that I can with me, and then help other people. So when they don't reciprocate or they're not in a position to help me, it's okay. I got me. God's got me. We all good, you know? I think that's, yeah, that's my mindset. Yeah. That's it. Okay. (laughs) Before we get deeper, I think we're just going to wrap up right now. Thank you, Leilani, for joining me. But before we go, how can people get in touch with you or with DFM Modeling Agency? Yeah. Um, So we have a Facebook page. Um, you can go and check out DFM Modeling Agency. Um, basically, our numbers are there. You can reach out to us via WhatsApp or inbox us your interest. Um, currently, I'm micromanaging, so I hope people can be patient because I respond to 100 messages a day, so it can Busy. be overwhelming. Busy is good. Busy <laughs> means demand. <laughs> yeah, um, so we're still navigating and seeing how we can um, delegate um, work to our team so that we can improve our service and make it more accessible to everyone. Yeah. So thank you so much, Chen, for having me on board. Fantastic. Do you have any advice to anyone? Yeah. uh, I think the last thing I would say is um, be conscious. Be conscious in your decisions and um, live in the moment. Yeah. That's all. (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you, Leilani, for joining me on this episode of the Shock 23 podcast. And that's all the time that we have for this episode. This was a really, really good one. And um, before I go, I would like to say to I would like to say a big thank you to the sponsors of this podcast, Smart Hills Corporate Solutions. To find out more about them, please visit their website at www.smarthills.com.pg. I also want to thank my camera people for today. I want to say thank you to Cheyenne Abel for setting up, for Petronella Gawi for helping recording, and also Oswald for coming in at the last minute. And yeah, to all my creatives, dream big, embrace your weird, and remember all things are possible to those who believe. I'm Shock23. Hapadwa. Hapadwa.